0: Well, we just welcome you to a Christmas celebration tonight, and we are so so excited to have you. And uh, we just, uh, Barrett and Rebecca, y'all come on up. We just, uh, tonight I believe will be very special and uh, very sweet, and I think that you will just really enjoy it. I hope that you just enjoy praising our King this evening. And uh, let's just worship him. It's going to be a little bit different. Just flow with us, and let's just worship our king this evening, okay? You happy to see everybody?
1: I'm stoked. <laughs> it's going to be a great night. Merry Christmas. Amen.
0: I'm Amen. Her, your ear rings are earrings are jingle. <laughs> nice, nice. So is everybody ready for Christmas? Good. Is everybody off work now? Anybody not off work? Sherman. All right, everybody pray. Lord bless all the people that aren't off work yet. Sherman yeah, Sherman yeah, yeah.
1: Sherman's the postman.
0: Yeah, you can yeah. thank
1: Sherman for getting all your Christmas presents. That's on time. right.
0: Thank you, Sherman. Woo,
2: Sherman, walk, walk, walk. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, let's just stand to our feet. I'm gonna let uh, Barrett uh, lead you, and and uh, let's just worship.
3: Good evening, everyone. Hi. So when we were praying about how to do worship, one of the things that has been... A theme over the course of the year has been family that we're united as a family and one of the things that I remember loving most about Christmas was being able to sing songs as a family and even when I was little I didn't understand the importance of singing songs to Jesus but I just loved singing as a family I thought it was so cool and as I've grown in my faith I've realized that there's really few things as powerful as believers worshiping their God together and when a family worships their Savior together that's huge so I asked Becca yesterday, actually, if she would come up and help lead us in some songs. Um, we're going to do two songs together. We're going to sing, O Come All Ye Faithful and O Holy Night. They're pretty familiar songs, but don't just think of these as Christmas songs. These are worship songs. These are songs that we get to sing to our God, to our Father, who sent our brother in Christ to us for us. So that's why we're singing the way that we are tonight so that we can sing as a family and just it's just us it's just the voices but there's such a pure beauty that comes in that and I'm excited so we're just going to lead you guys in song and please sing along the words will be up there and if you don't know them you'll learn them but that's what we're going to be starting off tonight with do you want can I open in prayer is that okay God I just thank you I thank you so much that you have such a love for us I thank you that you sent your son for us and that we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I thank you that it's not just a baby that was born. I thank you that it's not just a random day in history that we get excited about, but it's the birth of our Savior, the birth of our King, the birth of our Lord happened. And we get to come together as a family and celebrate that. Father, we just love you so much. And tonight we lift these songs to you, not as just familiar songs, but as songs for you to praise you and worship you and love you. And may they be a sweet sound in your ear. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In your name, amen.
4: Oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to bed. when glory is
3: you and as we take this atmosphere of worship we're going to sing a couple more songs and just keep your hearts this open because there's something so beautiful about this right now this atmosphere that we're in and this sort of love that we have for God so as we enter into some recordings keep this heart keep this love because this is what worship feels like
2: We soon deliver you Mary, did you know That your baby boy Will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know That your baby boy Will calm the storm with his hands? Did you know That your baby boy has walked where angels try
5: child is this who late to rest on mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch and keeping this this is christ the king who Cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word may flesh, the babe, the son. The King of Kings, salvation brings that love
0: praise you this evening and we give you the glory we praise you lord we thank you thank you for your son thank you for that child thank you lord that our heart even in the deepest part of all of us knows even when we're not born again, even when we don't know Him yet, yet in the deepest part of us is that seed of faith, that gift of faith that knows your plans, your purpose, was released on all of mankind that night that we're singing about. That night, the seed of your glory, the seed of your grace was released in your only begotten Son. Father, every heart knows deep, deep within their spirit that this is so. Father, I just ask tonight that we would honor and esteem your Son, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Savior. That we would esteem Him and honor Him with everything that we have. Lord, we praise Jesus tonight. We give Him the glory and the honor that's due. Lord, we just lift Him on high and we just minister on His behalf to this world. We let His light shine through us. Lord, let the seed of Your love, the seed of Christ, be planted so deeply in within us, Lord that it bears fruit in our lives for the rest of eternity. Lord, we thank You for that. And we praise You for that. And we give You glory tonight. And we worship Your Son, Jesus Christ, in every way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, good evening. You may be seated. We're going to fellowship towards the end and... We're going to jump right in just to a short Christmas message this evening, and I just want you to uh, relax and, and make yourself at home, but, but don't relax your esteem of the Word. Don't relax your esteem of Christ tonight. As we worship, take that same heart of worship right now into an expectation Take that heart of worship right now into, hey, I'm about to hear something about God. Through the words that the Holy Spirit gave to mankind. And God's going to do something inside of me right now tonight. So let's turn to Luke chapter 2. This is the Christmas chapter, I think. And I just want to read it and I'll pause a couple of times and... It says, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. And everyone, in verse 3, was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace Among men with whom he is pleased. And we'll continue reading in just a second. But I want you to see right here. The response of man was to be afraid. There's something had just happened around them that they didn't understand. Something they instantly realized was bigger than them. <laughs> all of a sudden there's all these angels or there's this angel talking to them. I don't know, that got their attention maybe. And they instantly go to fear. And I want you to see what Christ brought into the earth as soon as he showed up. He brought a message straight from the lips of the Father through the angel to all mankind that said, fear not. In other words, your fear is over. There's no reason to fear any longer. This is what Christ brought then. This is what it meant. This was the manifestation of a Savior, someone that would save you. He says this, he says, fear not. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. This is not bad news. This is not condemning news. This is good news of great joy which will be for all people. This is what Christ brings. A destruction of fear. A great news. A great joy. And it's not just for a few, it's for all people. He brings a saving grace. And not just to spend the eternity with God, but a a Savior from whatever you need saving from. That's who Jesus is. If you need saving in an area, He's the Savior. That's his character. That's his nature. If you're, if you're becoming lost, if you been, have been, been bound, he is the Savior, the one who will bring you to that place of being completely and fully saved. You need healing in your body, he's the healer. You need restoration, he's the restore. You need protection, he's the protector. You need to know the Father, he's the way the truth and the life he saves you in whatever area you need saving from and then it's interesting because in our world today that there's so many people that are talking about how God is so displeased with us and how God wants to punish us. And and this is exactly contrary from the messenger sent from God when he walked into the world and said he came to save you and he came to bring you good news and he came to bring great joy and he's pleased with people. It's not saying that he's happy with their sin, but with people now because Christ is in the world, he is pleased with all of mankind. Yeah. It's backed up in 2 Corinthians 5 that where it says that, hey, He's made all people right with him. This is who Jesus is. The very first message we have about him once he came to the earth destroyed all these false accusations going around the earth today about God and how mad he is and how much he you know, He wants to hurt you and, and maim you and, and he was going to pour out judgment on you. It goes all against that, showing that from the beginning he wanted to save us. He wanted to bring us good news and he wanted to bring us joy. So no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you've been, there's always a joy and a good news and a hope in Christ. Always. And there's always a destruction of fear and anything that would be your enemy. And he saves you from those enemies no matter what they are. Glory to God, verse 14, glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. You know, I find it so very interesting that the very first people to receive news about a Savior for all mankind were what a lot of people considered and called lowly shepherds. You look in that and you see, and it's interesting that the first... The first people that were told about the good news and the ones that took that good news and continued to spread it were shepherds. God's using the same pattern today. He'll reveal things to a pastor, to a shepherd. And those shepherds will share the great stuff about Christ, the great news about Christ. And at the same, just like then, people will decide to either treasure them and make them theirs or to let them go. But he's using the same pattern today. He'll share revelation. He'll share good news. And, and then a pastor and a shepherd will release that good news. And then you will choose. Will I treasure that? Will I make it mine? Will I make that good news about Christ mine? Will I, will I live it? Or will I just take it and put it on a shelf and remember about that one time when there was a, a great message? He's still using that same pattern today and you're sitting in the middle of another example of it because I'm going to ask you a question in a few minutes and and I'm going to to challenge you to believe some of these things. And the question is, are you going to ponder them and treasure them? Are you just going to golf clap and move on in life? We've been told in this world to just, oh, that's so sweet, what a great message, and move right on. But the heart of God is that we would take that good news and do the same thing that Mary did. Treasure it in our heart. That means make it a part of us. Give it an esteem. Give it a priority in our lives. Give those promises and that good news its proper place because it came from the heart of God. You know, in this story, a lot of times what we see is is we see uh, the Father giving his son, and we see his Son, and all eyes are on the son jesus all all eyes are on that Savior, and they should be it 's right for us to do that it's awesome, but tonight i want I want to draw your attention to something that happened, and will you come here, George, for just a second? Because it's interesting, because here's the picture we have in heaven, we got the Father and we got the Son, and then we, then we, he sends the Son to Earth and everybody and, and basically sends God the Father sends angels to say, "Look at the Son. It's awesome. Good news. It's great. And we look at Jesus the Son during Christmas, and we're like, "Yeah, this is awesome. Man!" Can you imagine the glory and the majesty of that night? Can you imagine that night when the shepherds heard the angels saying those things? I I mean, all right, just think about this for a second, okay? Uh, This is not like a a normal king being born, right? This This is like the Son of God who's coming into the earth. This is God himself making a presentation. My son's born, right? This is not just, this is not just, hey, there's been a child born for the, you, do, you remember in um, uh, a lot of older kingdoms and such like that, you know, a son would be born, a prince would be born. I mean, they would throw a party across the whole kingdom. This, this was the son of God. Being born into the earth. And he was not just being born. He was being born with purpose. Yeah. And so my point is. At that moment. I mean it seems like God himself. And, and and you know I wasn't there. I don't have a picture or a video. To reference back and see. What actually happened. I'm just trying to get you to. Maybe think a little bit outside the box. And, and think you know. This might have been pretty awesome. Yeah. And it had to be great no matter how just from what we do know about it it's awesome and there appeared multitude of I i don't know how much multitude is but i imagine it's a bunch a multitude of angels worshiping and praising god you know you know what it feels like look you know tonight we have we have a handful of people here that's that's not traveling and we're worshiping the king together and and we and do you know what happened when just a handful of us started praising and worshiping God, how awesome it was. Well, imagine a multitude of people. Have you ever seen 10,000 people worshiping God? It's a pretty awesome thing. Imagine a multitude, not just of people, but of angels that have been around God and have been clothed in His glory like that. I mean, have, been, have, have you know, soaked it up some, and they appear themselves and start giving glory to God. I imagine that was pretty awesome. And so rightfully so, what we do on Christmas is we focus on the sun. Why? Because that's what God told us to do. But I want to draw your attention away from that for just a moment, and I want you to think about the one who sent him. I want you to think about the one who had to make a choice of whether or not he would go. Whether or not he would ask him, will you go? I've got some children that need to belong in my family. Will you drop who you are here in heaven and go become that? And what I'm asking you to do is to go and die. To go and be beat. To go and take every bit of their sickness and sin on them. What I'm asking is for my, my, my boy to take my command to go and die for an evil people. Enemies. I'm having to send and give if I'm acting out the part of the father. That father is sending a son to die. And then He tells all of us to focus on the Son, which is right for us to do. But a lot of times we don't focus on the love that it took to send Him. The love of the Father that it took to release His Son and to give His Son. And this is not a, this is not a cheap love. This, this is a love that is happy to do that so that you could be a part of his family. Matter of fact, in Isaiah 53, 10, it says, but the Lord was pleased to crush him. So this is the father who said, look, I'm going to give my son I'm going to send my son my only begotten son for my enemies and not only that I'm sending him to die and I'm going to get to the place where I'm even happy about it not because he wanted to see his son in pain but as the world is looking at Jesus and rejoicing for a savior which they only did for a few minutes too can you imagine the heart of the father when they rejoice at the coming king and and I'm I mean, in a period of three years, they went from throwing him massive parties, and even within a week, they went to crucify him. The people saying crucify him were the people on God's heart when he said, go to the earth. So I want you to look at this love, this mighty and great love. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Look at this mighty and great love. Not just just that all my stuff, I'm going to be saved from whatever enemies I have. That's awesome, and you should look at that, and you need to look at that. But I want you to see the love that said, Take my son. The love that sent His Son. And that love was directed right at you. Right at you. So now when we sing a song like, What child is this? And and, oh, holy night. We don't just remember the great news about Jesus coming, but we also remember the amount of love that it took. And you see, it pleased God to crush Him, not because He wanted to hurt Jesus, but because He wanted to gain a family in you. He wanted to open up the door for you to step out of being His enemy and step into being a child of God. His love said, it's worth it to me, (laughs) God. It's worth it to me to watch my son be crucified on a cross so that my enemies can now have the door open to them. Do you know what kind of love that is? How deep and how wide this love is that the Father has for all of humanity. How deep and how wide, how Forbearing it is. How enduring. How patient. And then we go into Romans chapter 8. And I was only going to do one verse, but I think I'm going to do a couple more and throw the sound booth a curveball. Because they love that. It says in verse Romans eight thirty five, it says this, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? And see, you've got to understand that the love of Christ was the love of the Father manifesting through Christ. In other words, who's gonna, so what's going to separate you from the love of God? What will separate us? Well, tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. In other words, if he looked at a people that were his enemies that couldn't do anything about it, they were so evil, they would say, yes, yes, amen, Lord, on one, on one week and the next week say, crucify him. They, this father's love, if it would go to that distance, when everybody's looking at Jesus, he's sitting there in heaven knowing that his son is going to die. For his enemies. If that's the case. What will separate us from his love? Will tribulation. Or distress. Or persecution. Or famine. Nakedness. Or peril. Or sword. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? The accuser will try. But you're not going to be able to charge him. You're not going to be able to get a charge that's going to hang on the children of God because His love will not be separated because of an accusation. His love will not be... When we accept Christ and we receive Him, all of a sudden nothing can separate us from that love. God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is He who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? <laughs> I jumped up in Scripture. Apparently, the Lord wanted me to read that. With tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness or peril, or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. We overwhelmingly conquer. Not because you're so great, because His love is that great. Not because you haven't missed it. Because His love did not miss it. <coughs> For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What we're talking about looking at is the depth of a love that would send a savior, send his only son to die for a group of enemies, a rebellious, evil people. We're looking at that love and he's saying, what will separate you from that? It's interesting because he says here in that last verse, in verse 39, what will separate us from the love of God? That love, that love which is in Christ Jesus, the anointed Jesus, our Lord. The anointed one and his anointing, Christ. What will separate us from the love that's in him and in his anointing to bring about the good will of him? Verse 32 says this, just a few verses before it says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? How? Will he not? You see, if he would sit up there in heaven and send his own son for, an, for a rebellious and evil people, just so that they could be a part of the family, so that Christ could be the firstborn of many brethren, how in the world would he not include with Christ all things? How would he not include healing? How would he not include restoration? How would he not include protection? How would he not include to make you do well? How would he not do that? How would all of a sudden, would his love be made separate from you in those areas? If he'd give you his son, he would give you all of that. In Jesus, everything we needed was in Him. Everything. Everything. And there's nothing that will be able to separate us from that love. In Christ, there was every piece of His anointing. And while the Father knew that He had to die, He also knew that He would rise again to life. He also knew that with him would rise up a whole new generation of his brothers that would do things like him, that would act like him. The question was, would they accept Christ in every way that Christ was made available to them? Would they receive Him as not only Savior? Would they receive Him as healer? Would they receive Him as restore? Would they receive Him as protector? Would they receive Christ in every area of their life? In everything? Would they put down fear? Would they put down worry? Would they choose to make Christ Lord? Or would they leave Him just right there on the cross? Would they leave him in the tomb? Or would they receive the fullness of what he did for them? So this Christmas, as we celebrate Christ, let's celebrate him for who he is. Not just our Savior, but our Lord. The one who directs our lives. The one who makes choices for us. The one who's sitting there daily by the Holy Spirit saying, Don't do that. Do this. Grow in me. Search the Scriptures. Worship my Father. Don't watch that. Learn how to minister to somebody. Learn how to lead somebody to the Lord. Now go tell them. Now go show them my glory. Go release my anointing through you. Go over here and make a disciple. Uh, Will we be the kind of people that won't just receive Him as a ticket to heaven, but will receive Him as Lord that opens up the door for us to be the children of God that He's called us to be. At Christmas is a time not only to celebrate Him as your Savior, but to move into the fullness of what He's given you opportunity to be. Because when Christ came, it wasn't just so that you could you know, take one bite of, of uh, the, the treasure that God had for you. It was for you to take in everything to honor it to esteem it, to esteem Christ in your life. I've asked this before, but is there, you know, any of you that ever was known for your cooking, and maybe you made good cakes and good pies, and I asked I asked the people at the rest home the other day, and one of the ladies there went, she went like this, well, yeah, that was me. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I mean, I'm like... I was like, well, that was very funny, <laughs> and uh, and I went to another rest home and, and I asked them that same question, and, and another lady went, well, yeah, yeah, I'm known for my <laughs> for my baking too. Yeah, I'm like, well, praise God, I want to taste some of that, and if you want to talk like that, I want some of that, you know, and uh, have if you know, and I asked him, I said, if you you know were making that recipe, and you, you has anybody ever made dinner for somebody, or you spent some time doing anything but let's just use you know a piece of pie or something you know and they make this awesome pie and it's great and it's it's awesome and and man everybody who takes a bite of that wants to eat the whole thing because it's that good and then so they spend this time. They get all the ingredients. They make this great pie. And then they, they have their guests come over to the table. And all of a sudden they take that piece of pie and they place it on their most beautiful china and they set it in front of them and say, here's the world's greatest pie. You're going to love it. You know, it's awesome. And then the person takes, takes the plate doesn't lift a fork, doesn't smell it, doesn't do anything, just takes it and pushes it away and says, no thanks, no thanks. You see, the, the issue with that is how does the person feel that made it? And they feel awful. Awful. Well, why do they feel awful? Well, there's several reasons why they feel awful. But number one, just starting out of the gate is, you don't trust me. I just told you it was the greatest thing ever. And you won't even take a bite. You won't even sniff it. You don't trust. And that that lack of trust, man, it hurts. Have you ever had somebody that didn't trust you? You know, that that didn't take your word on things? And yet, you know what? We do it all the time to other people, and we do it to God. You know, here was God's greatest presentation, saying, here's my son. I didn't just, you know, pull out the worst thing I had. I pulled out the most treasured. I gave the highest honor I could give Presented his son for a people that were so evil and rebellious and yet still the evil and rebellious people when they could receive the greatest gift of all time. Go. No thanks. But see, here's the thing. You might have your ticket punched to go to heaven but if wrapped up in Christ is Christ as a healer and a deliverer and a restorer and protector and, a, and a, pros- a, a God that will prosper you, Christ who will prosper you. And you say, Lord, I don't want that. I just want to go to heaven. Are we not doing the same thing? We're taking the gift and the, the what was given to us, and we're saying, Lord, I don't want... It. But not just that, Let's not just focus on that, but what about if God is giving you... You know, if God's asking you to do anything, if God's asking you to do anything, do you not realize that the love, that kind of love, coming out of a request from the heart of God is always that kind of love is always going to demand that any of his request be an opportunity for you? Even if at first glance it looks like, oh man, this is going to stink. If But we know, we know that if God said, hey, will you do this? If God said that, we're going to go, we're going to end up in a better place if we do that. And so, Even though we may have accepted His Son as our Savior, but then every day He's he's touching our hearts to lead us this way or that, but we're not allowing Him to be our Lord. Are we not taking the same thing? We're saying, Lord, there's no potential in what you're asking me to do. Or, I think there's more potential in my thoughts, my ways, than there is in you. Oh, that one kind of cuts, doesn't it? I'm not sorry. Um, So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't want to be the kind. Here's why I'm not sorry. Because I don't want you to be the kind of people that's pushing the plate away from God Almighty. I want you to be the kind of people that say... I don't care what it is. If God's serving it, I'm gobbling it up. I don't care what I don't care what the command is or what it is. Lord, if it's you, I'm honoring you, I'm esteeming you, I will do what you've called me to do. But guess what? He's going to ask you to do some stuff that goes against the grain of who you are. He's going to ask you to do some stuff that is uncomfortable to you. No doubt. No doubt. But you have a choice at that point. Do I push the plate away and push it back to God? Or do I gobble it down simply because of the one who was preparing what he's asking me? Preparing the request. Knowing that whatever he requests, his love demands that it is the greatest of opportunities. See, here's the thing about the greatest of opportunities with God is just it. If you never taste of it, how can you know how good it is? See, that's the other thing that hurts the preparer of something good like a piece of pie is they know that you're never going to actually experience the goodness that's in it. Well, and if you don't experience... So they're hurt because you don't experience it. But then, if you don't experience it, you're not able to share that experience with other people as well. Now, if you don't experience the fullness of who Christ is, if you don't experience the fullness of everything He is, not just a ticket punch to heaven, but He is a Savior right here. A Savior from every enemy. He is a healer. He is a restorer. He is my protector. He does make me to do well. If I don't receive it right here on this earth, all of a sudden, how am I going to bring hope to this generation How is that going to happen? So now, not only do I have a lack of trust with God, but I also have not received the benefits of it. And now, because I've never received it, I don't have it to share with others. So see, you're making Him Lord is not just something that affects you. It's something that affects everybody around you. And I'll tell you who you should be most concerned with and it's not yourself, it's Him. How does this affect the heart of my loving Father who was loving enough to give His Son and to save me? But when we do, look at Christ like the Father told us to. And we go, oh man, Lord, you put something in front of me, I'm going to gobble it down. Because I trust you, I know your heart, I see your heart, I have faith in who you are. Even if I don't understand it, Lord, you put something in front of me, with faith as a child, I'm going to grab a hold of it and I'm going to make it mine. But I also know in the middle of it, there's nothing I can do that you've asked me to do that is not going to turn out better for me in some way, if not here in this earth in the time to come. But in some way, whatever you ask me to do, it's going to be awesome for me. And so with faith as a child, Lord, I look to you and I make the changes. I allow you to be Lord. And then all of a sudden, we start operating like that. And it says, he who would not spare his own son, how in the world would he not freely with him give us all things? In other words, everything I've been wanting and needy, when I decide to make him my Lord, all those things start to open up and all of a sudden I start to live in those things I start to taste the goodness of God and if you have tasted of the Lord you know that he is good and so I start to taste of the goodness of God it starts to abound in me and it's just like somebody eating a good piece of pie they're like have you had their pie yet have you ever been to a group in, in you know a covered dish and they're like have you had you know just watch somebody make a good pie and it'll be gone right it's like you better get it quick because everybody the world going to spread and the, and you know everybody's nice in church till it comes to a covered dish and a good pie. and then all of a sudden it's like that word will spread, that pie is going to be gone, right? Well, why is it that way? Because we get so excited about the goodness and the things of God. You know, we're not excited enough to tell people about it because we haven't been eating enough of who he is because we have not been willing. To take a real bite of who he is. If we were, if we really were making him Lord, you could not stop us from shining the goodness of God. You couldn't stop us from inviting people into his kingdom to take a bite of who God is. You could not stop us. From sharing his love, you couldn't stop us from telling about his goodness. You couldn't stop us but right now. I mean, the devil just rises up one thing against us, and we just crumple. Why? We need to step into the place where we constantly say yes to God and no. our flesh and no to the world who's trying to mold us so all of this was there on that night when the angels appeared to the shepherds and they said there's a savior if God would give him freely How in the world would he not give you the rest of what you need? And he has given it. The question is, are you taking a bite of it because you've made him your Lord? Are you just wondering if God really is that good? Because the truth is, if you're not giving your life and crucifying your flesh, you're not eating it. You're not digesting the goodness of God. You can come to church all your life and never take a bite. Amen. Just because you sit down at the table doesn't mean that you ate of the pie. Amen. There's good news wrapped up in this that says God's more than just something to get emotional about. Jesus is more Than just something to celebrate at Christmas. Jesus is worthy of living for. Jesus is worthy of giving my life as a living sacrifice for. Jesus is more. I don't want to just celebrate Him tonight. I want to celebrate Him every second of every hour of every day. I want to follow Him. I want to disciple myself after Him. The Father gave good news to the shepherds to present to the people. Everything's changed. I don't know where you've been in your life tonight. You can come in with a lot of questions answered. You can come in with a lot of things unresolved, one way or the other, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter where you're at. I have good news for you tonight. God has prepared something for you to partake of. And in Him, His name is Jesus. Amen. And in Him is every answer. And you can take hope in that. You can take hope in that. You can take hope in Christ. And the world needs to see the light that begins to shine. Because you follow his lead. Every hour of every day. Every hour of every day. Every hour of every day. day. If you've tasted of him, you have tasted of his goodness. And the world would not be able to hold you back. Like the apostles, they beat them, they stoned them, but they were like, who do you want me to follow? You or the King of kings and Lord of lords? We consider this an honor. And so that while the world may look at you and start to call you bad names today, you say, Lord, thank you for considering us worthy of living this life in this time to serve the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. So this shepherd has brought you some great news tonight. What will you do with it in your heart? Will you treasure it? will you ponder on it? Well, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth and actions will speak. Jesus is Lord of all and King of all kings. And God not only gave you him, but he gave you everything with him. Everything.